Hello everybody, welcome to another edition of Wolves Fancast. David Evans here on the podcast this week. Mr Stu is with us. Hello. <laughs> and Mr Andy is with us again. as well. Back in the pack. That's what I the feel same. like I've been on all the time at the minute. <laughs> it's just jumping in for everybody, but never mind. Uh, we've decided to decant usual Fancast uh, arenas at Fancast HQ and got a bit more comfier than we this time. A bit more cosier. It's like a, like a fireside chat. Well, I think it's it's a, it's a cold. It literally is a yeah. It's a cold December evening. Why not? Uh, we are going to talk the inevitable. That is the game against Cardiff. Everybody. We're also going to preview the game against Chelsea. Do Twitter corner as usual with your questions. Uh, we've got some a little bit to start off with, gentlemen, because Christmas is coming up and it is the time for board games. I wanted to ask you both about the classic game Monopoly. Do we both play Monopoly? Please say yes for this feature to extend. Yes. Yeah. I'd, was that uh, genuine yeses or was that no, yes I, for the I sake like of a it? Board game. Good. It just takes ages. I think the longest one I've ever played is five hours, and it's, there was still no winner. Well, <laughs> this is this is my uh, play Monopoly over the years growing up, and now you come to realise that you make up your own rules, don't you? Yeah. As a game, so I wanted to see whether anybody's rules were exactly the same because I, over the years, I found out that the one rule that everybody made up, which seems to be universal. Is the free parking rule, where if you land on free park, if you get a fine, you put it in the middle. You land on free parking first, you get the money. Is that a universal rule by anyone? I've never played that way. I've heard of it, but I never played that <sighs> way growing up. It was like an urban legend mm. in the Gillard household. Yeah, so that was my rules. What what rules did people have that you knew wasn't part of the official rules? Did anybody have that, I or just, were you strict to the rules? I just played with what it said on the instruction book. I, I wasn't a deviant. <laughs> Andy? I think we used to do you had to go around the board twice before you could buy anything, but I don't think that's actually a rule. I don't, yeah, it's I used to do it once, but I don't think that's a rule either. I think you can buy straight away. Mm. See, so it, it, it might be, it might have changed. They might have changed the rules as well. Because growing up as a kid, that was the rule. You go around once to get yourself used to it for some reason. <laughs> and then you could still get chances and, and stuff, like, but you couldn't buy anything first time around. Mm. I bet... Or they, collect any money. They yeah, have, they, have ch- they must have changed it slightly. Anyway, I mean, you look at it. The, is it made by Hasbro? Hasbro. Yeah, yeah. So you look at the. I mean, mine was from the eighties. Mine because it was my dad's or my mum's or whichever. <laughs> um, it was really old, like proper metal figures and everything. Yeah, the, I was always the uh, the dog. Um, but you look at it now; it's probably plastic shit that you move around. The, like advent calendars. Have you got an advent calendar this year? No. Of course, of course, I have. Is the chocolate smaller? Uh, I don't think so. I don't oh. think I don't think it's Brexit Britain, Britain yet. I don't think they're producing that. I think it, I was because I'd forgot all about it because my mum hadn't bought me one and I was quite mad. Um, You're not giving this virgin tagline any, <laughs> any help. Yeah. Thirty-five on Saturday, but now she she hadn't got me one, so I had to go and source one myself. And all they had left was Paw Patrol ones. Um, but I thought, well, maybe it's because it's for children <laughs> that it's it's half the size. See, I grow only up until a couple of years ago when I played with uh, Mrs. E's family. I didn't realise in the official rules, if you landed on a property and you said, "No, I'm alright, I don't want to buy it," the banker has to auction it out immediately to the rest of the players. Mm-hmm. I just thought I always I just thought it was a game of chance. You just if you always tried, and that was the element of the fun of it to try and get on that property. So we play those rules now, and it kind of sucks something out of it for me. Well, yeah, because then everything's sold yeah. within 10 minutes. But um, game-wise, I think five hours is the longest. I've got uh, to the bitter end. You have to go to the bitter end. Yeah, I think, I, I think it, 
actual time beat us on yeah. that occasion. You've got to have rows of death as well, where there's like a couple of spaces you like get three and a seven, three and a seven, and I avoid it. Yeah, that's the, there's only one place on that side yeah. you can land. <laughs> uh, so let us you know uh, your Monopoly rules over the years, and anything that you know that isn't a role that you play anyway. Intrigued to know, for Christmas time, of course, because we're just doing a couple of features to try and avoid the inevitable chat we've got to do. <laughs> I used to play um, Soccerama more than anything else, which no one would ever heard of. Soccerama? No. Yeah. It was, a, it was a board game based on Division 1, Division 2, Division 3, Division 4. It was that old, again, it was my, that's, that one was my dad's from the 70s. And it was, it was like a football championship manager. Board game. Someone find us a picture of that. Soccer on. I need to see it. It's, I mean, I've probably still got it somewhere. Um, but it, yeah, that was enthralling. Playing soccer on for hours. <laughs> anyway, at WWFC Fancast on Twitter, Facebook, Wolves Fancast. Tell us Monopoly rules. Other Wolves, non Wolves news. Sam Ricketts is a new Shrewsbury manager. Well done, El Capitan. Very pleased for him, old Sam. The Welsh were happy there, was they? Yeah, but. He's only been there for, what, three months and he's left them. A bit of, to be fair, it's he's career-minded, isn't he? He wants a bigger job. Yeah, you can't blame him. I it's mean, a, Shrewsbury's a, a decent job for mm-hmm. someone at the very beginning of their career. Dave Edwards will be there eventually. Oh, yeah, definitely. He will well, be there eventually. Yeah, and he, the dream team will be set he up. He tweeted it out straight away. He, good luck to Sam. <laughs> um, in Wolves news, then, uh, Fosen, gentlemen, are the new official sponsor of the training ground. <laughs> oh, I had a little chuckle of that. Uh, what it's do not we... surprising <laughs> at all, is it, that one? Oh, lovely wolves. Lovely, lovely wolves. I, I had a nice little chuckle in my head when I saw that news. What does everybody else think of the Sir Jack Haywood Fosen training ground? Sponsored I'd... by Fosen International. Oh, sorry. Is that, that's like, is uh, that like the official name as well, yeah. that very long-winded name? Um, Soccerama, the best game I've ever played, says Alan Ball. <laughs> <laughs> what do we think of the Fosen uh, International training ground then? Because this, is, uh, this shows that how much wolves are in the big time now, that the club owners are sponsoring their own club's ground. <laughs> I don't... It's... It, like I said earlier, it's, it is on dodgy ground where you just blatantly just take it to piss and just sponsoring yourself. It's within the rules. Let yeah. them do it. I mean, the, the, the Man City thing is, is Etihad's actually the owner's cousin's company, so he's not directly involved. It's like the, but why not? They've obviously got lawyers on it, so it's absolutely fine. <laughs> but... I, it would have only it's been better if it was guest if you two were sponsoring <laughs> it, wouldn't it? The George Mendes Arena. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, well done, Wolves. Well done. Uh, just before we recorded, Andy, Stu and I sat down and watched the FA Cup third round draw. Everyone loves third round day. Uh, I think we were saying it's a bit weird when you're the Premier League team because you're a bit like, oh yeah, who we're going to get. In some ways, the beauty of it is still when you're in the Championship or below, hoping to get one of the bigger teams. But we waited right to the end, and we've also got Liverpool at home, which will be about start of January time, it's usually the first weekend in January, yeah, it isn't is. it? So we'll also play Liverpool at home twice in the space of a three three weeks, maybe? Mm. Just trying to do the maths. So what do we all think? Liverpool at home? Bollocksy. <laughs> yeah. There was so much chance there for glorious away, away games, away grounds that I've never been to, that we've never been to before. And yet again, it's all been ruined for us, playing Liverpool at home. It's, it'll be the 5th, 6th or 7th of January. Jim's just checking the calendar there, just you, to make you sure. You always find that with the FA Cup, that the, the toys that you want to see are going to be your Solihull against Arsenal. You know, that We're all hoping for that. Against yeah. that. And to end up with a club that you're going to be playing in the league season anyway, just it's a bit shit. 
obviously we'll be trying to replicate that famous day in Anfield a couple of years ago with a 2-1 win. Uh, we've got a Paul Lambert side there getting the win. Good old Paul Lambert. Good old Paul Lambert. I wonder how he's getting on Ipswich. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, third round of the FA Cup. Uh, there was some other. I say, Solihull Arsenal was a good tie. I think Everton Lincoln was it was was one. From what I remember I off the top of my head, it was, uh, it was literally ten minutes ago and it's all. But we were watching the draw and it was near the end and Wigan were at home and then number forty three came. Was it forty three? No, um, Wigan were forty three. Whether then it was West Brom away, I think forty one. Yeah, Alvin at home. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we just all went, oh, it was so close, so close to the baggies. I don't know how I would have felt about that in our current uh, run at the I moment. I don't want to play them ever again anyway. Alex has got this fascination where he really wants to play them again um, to right the wrongs of the past. But no, because they'll, they'll just kick us anyway. They'll, they'll do their best to ruin us. And we're at our worst enemy at the minute as it is. Right, gentlemen, it is unfortunately that time of the show where hopefully if you've stuck around, you know that we've got to talk about the game on Friday night. And Wolves made it five defeats out of six with a 2-1 away defeat to Cardiff. Wolves were leading in the first half thanks to Matt Doherty on his 200th appearance. Uh, it was for Wolves. It wasn't just 200 appearances in I think it was, was it 200 league? Yeah, it's just... both, eh? Oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. Anyway, 200th appearance uh, for the club for Matt Doherty. But then... When you when we've talked about in previous weeks how we've talked about how Wolves take the lead and you think actually we're going to do it now, Wolves did the Wolves typical thing and two goals went in, especially with a a, a lovely goal. Unfortunately to say, right at the end, gave Cardiff all three points. <sighs> Gentlemen, I don't know where to begin with this because I think there are going to be a lot of things in previous weeks that we've been talking about, being concerned about, which are coming more into fruition now. So we'll talk about that, perhaps those concerns are perhaps the, the bigger picture that people are talking about as well. But on the game, firstly, where did this go wrong for Wolves once again? Because you would have, again, you would have earmarked this as a game that if Wolves were going to bounce back, it was going to be this game against Cardiff. Strangely, I wasn't as mad as everyone else seemed to have been at the time. Um, and when I woke up from a three hours sleep the next day, um, because we didn't actually, we conceded from a silly error and a wonder goal again. And so defensively, we were okay. Um, but I was talking about this a bit. We've seen all the goalkeeping hellers over the weekend anyway, especially Pickford yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the Preston one against Birmingham, that was just ridiculous if you've seen that one. Yeah. And you'd think he's, what, 30 years old? He's probably never had a challenge like that, not being given as a foul against him. And he's just been disorientated. Talking about Patricio, um, of course. Um, so he's just disorientated and the ball's got in. And you think, uh, the only problem is, yet again, heads dropped. Mm. We were just a different side again. There seems to be a weird thing at the moment since this Watford game where we just seem so anxious. We yeah. just seem worried even what, when we took the lead. just destroys the confidence. But even when we took the lead, you thought, okay, we, you would have thought the, the guys would be like, right, we know this, this is how we, uh, what we're used to. We're gonna go. We're gonna grow in confidence for him to go for it. And they just still seem anxious. But it was just weird. Said, it was all of us thought as well. I think it's it's kind of it's seeped into the fans as well now because as soon as they got the equaliser, every the mood just changed. I mean, yeah, you're naturally gonna stop singing for a little bit anyway. But it just went dead. There was now even you get the uh, the drunkards trying to actually talk words. <laughs> and there was it was just silence. It was and then. They were, they started getting on there, but it just all fell apart, and, and then the second goal just killed us off. But the first, I, I didn't think we were that bad in the first half. The first half, I thought we were okay, 
and we were battling like we did to to them last season. Because um, if you look at that game last season, it wasn't the best performance anyway. Everyone remembers the last five minutes, but it wasn't the best performance of the season for us. We just battled, battled with them. It was a good dogged performance, wasn't it? Yeah. And I thought in the first half, for large periods of the game, we did match them. And when we took the lead, we deserved to take the lead. And I thought, well, okay, things are going to change now. But second half, we just didn't turn up, and you, the inevitable was going to happen as soon as that as soon as that goal went in. I thought with Patricio's error, it was very much that had he have made the effort to try and go through Patterson, it was Patterson, wasn't it, who cut across him, I believe. Had yeah. he have gone through him to try and get to the ball, the ref would have given the free kick. The problem was because he stepped, and then he's like, oh. I can't go there now because he's in my way and step back. That the, there was nothing for the ref to give. Whereas if he's gone over the top of him, you'll say, "Oh, he's backing into him." Free kick to Wolves. So I think he made a rod for his own back by not really committing to, to claiming the ball. It's it's the kind of thing that De Gea did a lot when he first played for Man United when he came over as a kid. Yeah, absolutely, he was just weak, and it took him a while to acclimatise to it. Um, you don't, you generally don't see that kind of thing anymore. Even though there was no real contact. I mean, I, I didn't know until later when we got back on the coast that people were even talking about it being a foul. I thought he's just fucked up here. Well, he never even crossed my mind. So I, said, so I looked at Blake next to me and I said, what's he done? And there was no one around us. I mean, we were obviously the other end. Um, but there was no one around us thinking that it was a foul at all. I it, was just a cock it, was, it was very cute play from their player. Well, knew you what he was doing. On the replay, we could have made l- more out of it, I think. But on the replay, he looks at him first and then checks him. Mm. And obviously, we you, you know noticed that at the time. If VAR was in play, this would be oh, a yeah, problem. But, a question, but it's not yet. Um, the second goal from Cardiff. Can you? What complaints can you make about a kind of finish like you that? You can't legislate for that. 99 times out of 100, that's going out for a, a goal kick mm. or a throw-in, you know, but it's top it, corner job. The only thing, it's a similar place to the um, the Arsenal one, and you say, oh, Patricia, but no one no one would save that from there. Mm. It was just... Again, Clipping the, the bar on the way in as well, it was... Oh, couldn't have placed it any more perfectly. So there was one different change on the team line which people were a bit baffled by, and that was the inclusion of Sace. What do we all think of Sace's part to play in their game on Friday night <laughs> part to play he was absolutely fine there was no no problem with the defence whatsoever Bolly was back to almost his best Cody was maybe not as exceptional as he was against Huddersfield because he stood out like a sore thumb there because everyone else was so bad but Sace for me was fine um, you had the the left winger who I still can't remember um, Wanted to cut inside every opportunity, but him being left-footed, he just couldn't do it, and he wouldn't let him. Um, and going on the outside of the balls, in wasn't as good. So, from my point of view, there was no problem with him. That he was solid, if unspectacular, which I think you could say about all three of the back three. Yeah, you know they they didn't really let the team down. I don't think they really lost many headers or anything. Which against Cardiff, obviously, is going to be one of their big tactics to lump it into the box. Well, if it, if you don't notice your defence, then surely that's a good thing. So and then talking about going forward, there just seemed to be this sense of, you know, one of our greatest strengths is counter attacking, and just again we just seemed unconfident about it. Was this just got no cohesion between those front three on Friday? They were terrible. I think Gully put it best when he said they played like they were marking each other. <laughs> I, I do think there's a thing where our front three at times do play too far apart. 
but they were so close this weekend, it was ridiculous. Well, mm. it, he said it after the Huddersfield game, Dave, that they wanted them to be closer together, and they've took it literally. Yeah. But they're almost holding yeah. hands. There was some criticism for Costa, again. Some people saying that, you know, you can see it's there, it's just not clicking. I think we mentioned this at the end of last season. It was either myself or someone, someone on that interested pod said that, you know, it's going to be a big season for people like Cameron Costa because, oh, yes, they are fantastic players, but they've still basically got to prove it at the Premier League. Is there, I know people are going to chirp away at this, but is there a concern now that there are potentially players who we think are fantastic who may not be at the high level in this league that we think they are? They're not, not say they're not Premier League, but not at the high calibre level that we think we are, they are. They're not even Premier League at the minute. Costa... Jota, I mean, Cav is probably the only one who showed anything like his potential. And th- them two, I mean, I was calling for Jota to be dropped for weeks, and then he finally was. And it, it made no, no, you want him back. <laughs> it made no, no difference whatsoever. Um, but Costa just looks like a shell. He, he looks worse than when Lambert was here, when he played his best football, weirdly enough. Um, but he just doesn't look at it. He's only performed. He played well for twenty minutes at Arsenal. That's all he's done all season long. No assists, no goals. He's a forward. He's a right forward. It's not good enough. Simple as. And Torre as well. Clueless. It, yeah. Just, <laughs> just kept running into trouble, or his first touch was going out for goal kicks, and he was just shit. He, he was that player that I was terrified we were signing. This one that's got all the pace, but just no brains to mm. use it. Yeah, we, we both said the same thing. Though. In the summer, the, the, why are we doing that for? There's no point. And then you, you see his performance at West Ham, and he was inspired. And he was great at West Ham. And, and there's been patches where you think there's definitely something there. So at times, his close control is there. But other times, he's, he's like he's never seen a ball in his life. He's still a player for me that you bring on in the second half. And again, the issue that we've had in recent weeks is other teams have gone... Okay, Chora's coming on, so let's just double up on him. And yeah, we've neutralised him. him. Or they're by that point they're already in the lead, so they can yeah. sit a bit deeper and just mop up the runs anyway. Yeah. And Whereas he probably probably is more effective against teams who are going for it still, which you could have probably thought against Cardiff that would have been the perfect opportunity, but then it just just didn't, it, just didn't work out. And the weird thing of playing him through the middle as well that you could see, kind of see why because you're playing crossfield balls and. Jimenez is a better head of the ball than Traore is. So if you're missing out Doherty and you're going for direct that way, you're going to get knocked down from Jimenez. But playing in the middle doesn't work for him either. Mm. I just I don't know where he's supposed to be playing. I want to talk about bigger picture with this. And there's a lot of things that people have been talking about since the Cardiff game. Did anybody, apart from maybe Bolly, did anybody come out of that game well at all on Friday? Bolly was the standout for me. Um Apart from him, I, nah. I'm <laughs> struggling to think of anyone. I think this is a this is a live versus TV thing because I thought Martinho was class. I've heard a few people say that. Uh, yeah. Neves was a fucking disgrace. Uh, you can put that as a title because he was. <laughs> and was he's that something that we would have said, thought we would even say, even six months ago? His head, it's like his head's been turned. It, th- th- there's something not right with him, and I'm glad he's. He's not playing on Wednesday now. Like I said last time I was on here, he's going to take something. When I, when I thought he was booked anyway. Ronaldo's invading his dreams. Never come just, to me, my boy. It all made me, Watching that Wolves Christmas advert and him being in there almost made me sick today. 
Jeez. Stu's gone, <laughs> Stu's gone full heel here. What's going on? He's just, he needs a proper kick up the arse because he's not performing. And well, he's, he is obviously banned now for the game against Chelsea, which we'll talk about in a bit as well. Bigger picture time, everybody, because there are obviously genuine concerns from people. Now, you can interpret interpretate that as pant-wetting, which is a great social media expression at the moment. Uh, you can be quite calm and positive about it, which I think personally has its own flaws, which I'll try and get <laughs> on to as well. Bigger picture, there was a, a piece uh, today on Monday from a website called Statsbomb, which actually talked about, you know, yes, some of the performances have been as great, but... If you look at uh, the stats and the fact that Wolves have actually conceded, like this game against Cardiff, very fluky goals. It is, you know, Wolves will get there. My only issue is, is how long can you say that? How long before you can actually genuinely, if it keeps going on? Obviously, I don't want it to go on. But if results keep going on like this, my thing is, you can't keep saying it will get there eventually when it obviously seems like it's not. When will they stop going in against us? Yeah. Then that's when it stops. Because that's only the only thing that's... In a lot of these games, there's been ridiculous things that have happened that haven't happened in the game after or the game before. Um, so when you can't, when there's things that happen that you can't legislate for, then fine. It's when you're making the same mistakes over and over again, that's when you got to worry. And from a defensive point of view, I don't think there's a problem there, personally. It's going forward and it's been the same all season long. Which is baffling when I just think back to the game against Burnley. Where we, we were just them, absolutely uh, carving them up. I think we were just we were more frustrated that it wasn't five nil, and that kind of attacking threat and flair, and the fact that teams were just didn't know how to cope with us, has completely gone. And yet you can put that down to this whole thing of teams have figured us out, but ultimately they have probably just seen how we play and, and realised how to, how to play against us. And but, and were or it could have been that were teams, um, they just didn't know. How what wolves were like, and we, we still had entity, yeah, and we almost had that swagger still from last season mm-hmm. of like you're going to see what we're like today. And teams have almost over the weeks gone right. This is how they play. This is what we can do to try and nullify that. I think any good manager is going to look at your opposition and try and formulate a way to play against them. And I think since we came back against Watford, because that was that was the start of this mm. run, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah. The Watford game, obviously, he found a way, which was pack the midfield. And that's how you start Wolves. And every team we've played since, they've all had three centre midfielders at the least playing against our two. And we've been overrun each time. And because we've not had the front three, the cohesion of the front three that we would hope for, we've got no goals. We're getting overrun in midfield. Eventually, you are going to break down at the back. Mm. But at the same time, we've before the Cardiff game, we were fourth in percentage of chances created um shots taken but but we're not we're not way 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 down in conversion which is the problem and the players just haven't stepped up like we said they just haven't stepped up and thankfully the sir jack hayward training ground sponsored by first international (laughs) will give us some money to buy some actual forwards and maybe now a striker as well because if he's not doing it like he has been with assists as well Jimenez needs replacing as well and you're talking about five forwards you're going to need in January which is ridiculous considering where we came from last year there are you know post game people are getting will, will get annoyed you would have easy earmarked with all the respect to Cardiff a game that Wolves should be winning and hoping we get back on so but you know you have that instant reaction post game so given it a couple of days now 
do fans have a legitimate reason to be concerned at the moment? Or, well, like some people say, don't worry, we're only t- we're still 12th. Look at where we were three years ago, which still grinds <laughs> me a bit. But is there actually now a legitimate reason to be worried? Or are fans still going a bit over the top? I'd like to dispel the rumour of we were in League One five years ago, so we should be happy where we are now. This isn't the team that was in League One five years ago. A sense of realism is we've got a team with Patricio, Moutinho, they're European Championship winners. We've got Ruben Neves, who's supposed to be the next great player. The realistic view is we should be at least mid-table in the Premier League, which is where we are. But I don't think looking to the past really helps us with the current mm. position. And I'm say on, Pat- on Patricio as well, he's in that infographic that he's got the fifth highest percentage of save rate in Europe behind, oh, I don't know who that is, <laughs> the Sampdoria <laughs> keeper, Lloris, Alisson, Buffon, and then Patricio. But then is that a good or a bad thing? Is that a good thing that he's a good shot stopper? Is that a bad thing that he's having to make those saves? Well, it's a bit of both, I think. That's what I mean, yeah. Because, I mean, Ruddy saved us a lot last season when our super sturdy defence did get broken down. But again, that's not the problem, so you can't worry about that. The defence that we had in League One, like Andy was saying, he's not here. Mm. He's then manager of Shrewsbury. <laughs> so I can't see. For me, I'm not worried yet. Not really at all. Um, because we can't carry on being so bad. 1.18. Could be 1.21 on Wednesday. It probably will be. And it'll probably be 1.24 as well. If <laughs> but that that's relegation form. It I know, is. I know it's ju- it's we've December. just turned Christmas. Yeah. We've if, just, yeah, but. I know that okay. this is. When. You look at look back at that Ipswich team who finished fifth, and the year after when the Southern Fenidi Georgia went down, never came back. Um, you look at the whole team who were in the top half, and they didn't win a game after Christmas and just slid down and down the league. We're be- so much better than it, both of them teams and teams who who started well and fell off. That you've got to think, but they've got to replicate that. We're better than those teams, though. If we're, like Andy said, if we've got we've got the players, yeah. and yes, you had a great start. But there have been some performances and results which are, with the the expectation now that we've got with the personnel, are inexcusable, I think in, my, part, in my view. Part of the thing is, with the Premier League, it's such a streaky league. Yeah. You look outside of maybe the top eight, that you get these runs of clubs who will be rock bottom one week, then somehow string together a five-match win a, yeah. a defeat. And unfortunately, anyone outside of that top eight can then get points off each other. Just so happens that we're in a bit of a run where we're not picking up the points. I wouldn't be surprised if we picked up a point against Chelsea, beat Newcastle, got something, out, and all of a sudden we're on a five-match, yeah, undefeated streak. It's when we don't, when we're not expecting it, that we play well. Like Arsenal, we should have won that game, and we did create chances to win that game. Do you think that that has almost hurt the players a bit because we were about to go into a break and a few minutes away from? A, a me- such a memorable historic result at the Emirates another fluky goal means we get the draw and then going into Huddersfield and Cardiff where the pressure's really on because you're like you know, you should be beating these teams that perhaps psychologically that result still hurts a bit it probably that probably started at Brighton to be fair I mean hey we we didn't even get anything at all at Brighton when we absolutely destroyed them and still lost and you got we were walking out the ground and you got Brighton fans coming up to you and saying that we're the best team they've seen in 2018. 
well, and we still lost, mm. and it that is going to take its toll eventually. I want to talk about uh, Nuno because you know perhaps a bit tr- trigger happy, but there were people post game already calling for reset. I think you know let's feel there's a bit bit too far ahead of ourselves there, but I think you have to make the argument that if results carry on, and obviously we hope they don't, you know we 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 see loads of fans talk about how. We've got to stop being loyal now at Wolves. We've got to go past the playing Dave Edwards every single week and keeping hold of Kenny Jacket and Mick McCarthy like we did all those times. Surely, knowing how ruthless Fosen are and how they want this club to win the Premier League in five or six years from kind of some recent uh, uh, reports we've seen, surely if results carry on, that loyalty tactic must be applied to Nuno. You know, obviously, I don't want him to go. Like I think we've talked in the group, he's probably one of the best, if not one of the best managers we've had in our generation, but surely, from Fosen's point of view, if they feel that there could be, uh, their own plans are being hiccuped, as it were, <clears throat> they will get rid. And that logic of loyalty surely must apply to Nuno and this, this personnel. If they got rid and there was someone better, then fine. No problem whatsoever. But how can you guarantee that? No, yeah, but that's like, but, that's no, like it, anybody. I mean, it's like, get... it, we're Mark Hughes, technically. They're, <laughs> I don't know... I, Percy, I don't know the guy that's, that's at the time of recording has kind of agreed in principle, I think he has to do it, but I, I couldn't tell you the name, but that's what I mean. I don't know who he is, but there wouldn't be a. Well, no, I mean, if, you'd yeah, have from, Mr. Mendes, he's got his book, hasn't he? He'll find us somewhere. If you're going from like a Nigel Adkins to Pochettino. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Then fine. No problem with that whatsoever, because it's 2018 modern football, whatever. But, like I said in the, uh, in the WhatsApp chat, um, you look at the hindsight of the Graham Taylor situation and people saying, you know, he went too soon, we should have been loyal to him. He got us in the playoffs the year before that. And if he won for McGinley, we probably would have gone up that year. And then they came back off the hangover of that and he got sacked. Do you want to get rid of the best manager we've had in 30, 40 years because of a bad run of but that maybe is, maybe 10 games? Which but that is the issue, but... I feel like I'm, I'm making a case to get rid of him, which I'm not. <laughs> I'm really, really not. Loving I think my issue is that, you know, Nuno talks about how he's got this style of play and he'll never change it, which, you know, get yeah, great. Going to Man United away, we're not going to park the bus or stuff like that. But if you can see that it is not working and he keeps playing the same team every week and it's not working and he doesn't change it, there is an argument he could put himself out of a job through stubbornness. stubbornness. Mm. And I don't want him to go, but I think knowing, I say knowing Fosen, like a, you know, I have them around for tea every week, but thinking of Fosen as this large conglomerate company who want Wolves to become this, basically the Man City, my view would just be, they, I don't think they would have loyalty. I think, I think they, if, if they, if, if they can see that it's going south, they will try and change it up. When you look at Fosen's record, I mean, they've been here two and a bit years, they got rid of Kenny Jackett because he wasn't, the man to take the club mm. forward. They got rid of Zenga because he was Zenga. Zenga, <laughs> yeah. They got rid of Lambert when things looked like they were going to stick with him because they obviously thought he wasn't the right man for the job either. So it wouldn't be out of the realms of possibility if they looked at the current situation and thought we need to put a stop to this. So maybe they would consider. But I mean this all in a I few. I mean this in a few games time. Not now, obviously, yeah. but. I think it would the winless run would have to go on to like ten, fifteen games. But just saying so that I though, think then there would be a possibility. But even at that point, I'm not convinced that it would be the right decision. Yeah, because Sean Dyche went ten games without a win last year, Bournemouth. 
not Bournemouth, Burnley. Burnley. Um, Bournemouth have been on the similar kind of thing in the Premier League under um, the Antichrist. So, and it, they're still in a job. It's just one of the things that, that is that a difference with expectations there, no, though. Probably, but I mean, they set the expectation themselves. Fausten said that all the Fausten things of yeah, we, what we're aiming for, and Doherty coming out, and but that's what I mean. Though, if we've set our own expectation, and therefore we're not going towards that expectation, they may change it to try and get back on track. They might, but I think they've learned the lesson. I think they'll, even if we lose every single game until January, I think they'll give him the window just to sit. If they're giving the money, they've got to give money to someone to spend in January anyway. Why not give him the money in January to buy what he wants? rather than get someone else in to learn the ropes or whatever. And then if it doesn't work, then you pull the plug and yeah, fine, at least you've given it a go and you've given him a chance in January. Um, up until then, I think it's utter, utter madness. I'd be very surprised if you went before the end of the season, to be perfectly honest. And it would have to be a disastrous season for him to go then. It would be the most Wolves thing ever. Cue emergency podcast. Well. <laughs> yeah. um, coming out of Cardiff then. Gentlemen, before we go into Chelsea, where do we go from here from this one? Because I think it it was look at the start of the season. I think some of us even said if we can't, with a great respect, if we can't beat Cardiff away with this team, then that is that there is something wrong. And it does feel like at the moment there is just something not right. Something's not clicking. Is something happening off the pitch? Is it just the results are getting? That they are the fluky goals just getting them down a bit too much, but that swag wolves that we love to see at the start of the season has nearly evaporated, and we need to see that back. I don't know if it's. It depends how, how people are going to react as well, because if we if we go goal down after three minutes, say against Chelsea, then it's going to turn. If if it's if they're looking at like they're not putting a performance in and putting a shift in, then people are going to turn on them. Well, this sorry this mm. this. Uh, I feel like I'm making an anti-Nuno thing again, but I'm not. This is my thing with fans, which I think we saw with Zenga, because remember the start of the season with Zenga, everybody loved him, he was fantastic, and I think we played Leeds at home and we lost 1-0. It was only his maybe third defeat at Wolves. And I remember saying at the time, people are going to start turning now, and it was at that moment they did. And I just wonder whether we as fans are so desperate to have this dream of Wolves becoming this superpower, that if they feel that that dream is being threatened in a season where if we, if we, for some very bizarre, strange reason, went down, the embarrassment, to avoid that um, that dream ending, I, I think fans would easily turn on Nuno. I because think... he's the man. Because you can't get rid of the players, ultimately. The scapegoat ultimately goes to the manager. And I think, as much as I love him, I think if the results carried on, Fans would easily turn on him. I think you've got to have rocks in your head if you're going to start behaving yeah. against him. That's never stopped a Wolves fan no, before. That's, what I mean. that's why when Zenga, the, the, the turnaround happened very quickly. But a lot of them, very, very quickly. A lot of them people never came back either, though. All the ones who said, and the ones in the old, oh, I'll go when Morgan and Moxie go, oh, I'll come back then. No, you don't. You don't bother. <laughs> but a lot, of the, a lot of people have been along for the ride with this one, and I don't... There doesn't seem to be. I mean, the, I thought there'd be moments last season, and for the vast majority of the time, there weren't because it was so. The style well, we lost six games. <laughs> yeah, but it, that's never stopped them. As it, yeah, you know what they're like. Oh, get it forward, and but a lot of that seems to have died down. And even at Car- a lot of people did stand, stay behind at the end and did applaud them off at, on Friday, 
um, which I didn't expect to happen. I know Alex said that he saw a few like, V flicking and stuff like that, but and I saw a couple, but that was it. You get that every week anyway. People who cast it their own hands. <laughs> but it's, it's, I don't think it'll happen until until January, at the very earliest. So the, even, the, even if we lose every single game. So the message is, post-Cardiff, annoying because it was a game that we think we should have won. It's just because it's but, Cardiff. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. Warnock got his revenge, obviously on his 70th birthday. Of course that was going to happen, wasn't it? And it's just like us to turn up on Wednesday and move it on to that so we don't talk about we Cardiff do. anymore. Well, we're going we're gonna to talk Chelsea after this. Let me, I did the links. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do Chelsea quizzes and other things. After this. Welcome back to the show. Just before we get on to Chelsea, just a word from our good sponsors at Pixel Yeti Media. As you know, if you're looking for web design or your business needs a new logo or a bit of marketing, go check them out at pixelyetimedia.com. They're not just web designers, they're a creative agency that cover all your design needs, from websites to brochures, signage, marketing, logo design and branding. So go check them out at pixelyetimedia.com. The advert, gentlemen, once again, we all love it. Thank you very much. It's a great advert. It is. We need to. I need to do something where I get different celebrities maybe reading the advert out. Should get Jackie Oatley on to do it for I us. I should. Mm. Mark Hamill, what's he doing? <laughs> what's he doing since we made him famous, eh? Uh, right, let's talk about the game on Wednesday night. Uh, quick turnaround, Wolves take on Chelsea. Wolves take on Sarri Ball, everybody. Well, now, um, Chelsea have only lost once so far this season. That was away to Spurs. I'm going to do the Gully preview in the second. Gentleman Gully's giving us his, his fact-finding mission results. I'm sure he was down at Stamford Bridge the other day doing his little notes, getting ready for the game. Uh, they, also, they, they beat uh, Fulham at the weekend 2-0. Um, it would be a typical thing for Wolves to get a result against Chelsea at home, wouldn't it? Well, watching them against Spurs, they can be got at. So, <laughs> why not? Um, they, before that game, they looked pretty invincible and Spurs did a job on them. So, and it is like this group of players have proved already, they've raised the game for the big games. We do seem to play better against those teams, whether it's, like you say, we raise the game, whether it's because the, how the other team play, the style of open play just suits us better. Andy? I think Chelsea are going to be a different opposition to your Arsenal's and, and Spurs, especially in the second half Spurs. We played quite well. I think Chelsea are going to try and hold the ball and they'll just try and run us into the ground, pass us to death. So I think it'll be a different kind of opposition. We're going to have to do our best to not have the ball and still try and get at them. Well, Gully's preview, obviously Chelsea's third in the tower at the minute, they are chasing for the title. Uh, Sarri, which I love about Sarri, he's uh, he's an obvious smoker and he's he always chewing like a little cigarette butt, isn't he, on the pitch side. Um, uh, Gully says he's a master tactician. He took Napoli to their best finish in Serie A since Diego Maradona was at the club. Uh, style of play for Chelsea is slick, passing football in a strict 4-3-3. Um, he does also say it will be quite kind of possession-based uh, as well. Um, but, like he said as well, at the back, Gully says they are a bit dodgy at the back as well. So, it's not like, you know, it's a good thing we've got a really, really <laughs> great attacking front three at the moment, isn't it, for that as well. What I love about Chelsea, like Man United, is that they've got Rob Green on the books. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine it's, his agent saying, Chelsea are in four, yeah, oh, come on, mate. No, I'm, oh, come on, just come on, don't, don't give me a round. He was going to retire as well, were he? 
He's going to retire and then he's gone. He's gone to Chelsea to sit on the bench. It's a nice little great old time. Who's the guy that went to uh, Man United from Derby? Lee Grant. Lee Grant again. Another one. Yeah. N- never going to go sniff for the first team, <laughs> but get paid a decent wage. Yeah. Why not? Hey, was it Richard Wright at Man City? Was always the third choice keeper. Yeah, he'd been there for like eight years and never kicked a ball for them. <laughs> Richard Wright, Stuart Taylor, the Dream Boys. <laughs> <laughs> so Wednesday night, gentlemen. Changes in formation. I'm not going to mention Dendonka because we've had a few <laughs> we've had a few Dendonka questions on Twitter corner. So I think we'll we'll leave Dendonka chat to Twitter corner. You can mention him as an option if you wish. I'm going to say, do you make changes? Because I get the feeling that Nuno, apart from the obvious with Neves, wholesale changes, formation changes. I just don't think that's going to happen. And I think we're just going to get the the no. one change with Neves. It'll be three four three regardless. Yeah, I mean. Who comes in for Nevers then? Gibbs White. I mean, it's, it's a yeah, natural it's, selection. It's too it? easy to say, oh, yeah, put Sace there or put the uh, the Lone Ranger there. Um, but it, it's just, he's not going to put any, enforcers don't exist anymore, so you ain't going to go for that anyway. Um, you want someone who can pass and who's got a bit of energy, especially with, if well, Martini, I did play, he had, there was no legs around him, which could have contributed as well. So you're probably going to get Gibbs White and. The only one is to say stain probably. He, he didn't do anything wrong. I would. I'd prefer to play Sace in the middle. Yeah, I'd rather have someone who's a bit more combative mm. in the middle. Because again, I know, I've gone about it for weeks, but this would have been the perfect game for Undie. Yeah, it would have been. Oh, good old Undie, come home to me, sweet. <laughs> but yeah, I I think Sace will probably stay in defence. But personally, I'd, I'd prefer playing in the middle. Or you play your man. Nuno does Donker. generally tend to stick with. If you've done well one week, I'll pick you again next week. He doesn't like to mess things around too much, so I'd be very surprised if he moved Sace. I would prefer to see him in the middle. At least that way it would give Martinho a little bit more freedom. But then chances are he'll probably be back in Bennett and then we're back to where we were a couple of weeks ago. And I think against Chelsea you're going to need someone who's a bit more... Um, you can get around a bit more and that's not really Bennett. You know, we let's be honest. We're basically expecting another defeat in this game. That's what you would realistically go into this game. But again, knowing Wolves, they'd probably go and get a three 0 win and put the greatest performance of all time. I hate saying this, but what would be a good result coming out of this game if we were to lose? Would it be at least we can see the front three are threatening again, that the heads haven't dropped if we concede early, that they at least I dare say like that game against Chelsea in the cup. Where they kind of got the, when as soon as the second Chelsea goal went in, they, the, the whole stadium gave Wolves a round of applause because they, you could see the effort was there. I think we need to try and come out of the game with some. If we obviously don't get a positive result, come out of it with some form of confidence. We need the moral victory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the, the one, one that's going to keep left. us up. Yeah. The one we've got left. Um, I don't think it, it matters anymore. It's it, we need a result. I don't think moral victories count anymore. The way after this little run, we need a result regardless. I don't think you can. You can even if you run around for a bit, which they won't because that's not the new no way. I don't see any any. If we if we pepper in the goal and we got like twenty odd shots on goal and they've all they've been near enough close, <laughs> then maybe. But apart from that, I don't do the xg very well. <laughs> I take, I'd take a nil nil right now. We'd all take it now. Yeah. The, the reason being, I think that Nuno's football philosophy is very defensive. He doesn't want to give away a lot of opportunities. 
and we've been conceding at least two a time recently. Mm. So if we could just not concede, not concede within then, twenty minutes, <laughs> yeah, and then we can try and build on the rest of it. I think we need to get a little bit back to basics and work on that. Or if we do the solid formation that we, we tend to be, yeah, tend to play with. Or if we do concede, don't concede again straight away. <laughs> it'd be, it'd be <laughs> that, a nice. That would help. Would be a nice help. We're going to change that front three again, aren't we? Let's be honest. Uh, yeah, what front three would you go for for Chelsea? Fuck knows. <laughs> <laughs> Just roll the dice and guess. Yeah. Bring back Rafa Mia. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's doing well. Yeah. Um, so what front three? Uh, strangely as it sounds, because of Vinagra still being there as well, I'd bring put Jota there on the left just mm. for his just for his work rate. And if if ever a game was crying out for a, for someone who loves a bit of a fight, that what was that Cardiff game? And again, didn't really have a chance. Game was gone by the time he featured. But I'd bring Jota in on the left, and then you're probably going to get him in as anyway because you're not going to play Bonatini against Chelsea, no way. So unless unless he does the old front three of uh, Jota, Costa, Cav, band back together situation, and just try that again, try something that, that they all know of. Personally, I would bring Jota back. I just think you, you need to change it up, Andy. Front three. I'd go with Jota just because I really want to see him getting into a scrap with David <laughs> Luiz. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, yeah, I'd bring Jota back in. He hasn't had the best of times, but it's not like Traore set the world alight. Thing is, Jota's been Jota's awfulness has been made better because everyone else is worse than him. <laughs> yeah, and I'd go with Cav on the right. I thought Cav and Doc played really well together last season. We haven't had a chance to see that this season. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then probably Jimenez through the middle again. Just hope that he can pick himself up after Friday. Well, gentlemen, it's time for that once again to do predictions for Wednesday night. Only two days away from time of recording. I'm going to ask you to go with your gut, gentlemen, of Wolves versus Chelsea. Andy, what's your score prediction? I hate to back against us, but I think we'll lose 2-0. 2-0 to the Chelsea. Well, the last few times I've done predictions on here, I said we'd, we'd get 12 points and we got none. <laughs> 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 or one. And then I said we'd get four points out of uh, Huddersfield and Cardiff. That didn't happen either. So uh, on that basis, I'm going to say Chelsea will beat us 4-0. 4-0 Chelsea. I can just see this going literally typical what we expect, 3-0 Chelsea, or typical Wolves, 1-0 win. I can just see it going either way. Like that famous night when uh, was it Basinga scored the own goal? <laughs> yeah. and they just shit housed their way yeah. to a one 0 victory. And just audio clip which one it was. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go for the positive result. Anyway, end of the Chelsea bit. So we're going to do the quiz. Dan's quiz is back once again, gentlemen. We're still waiting for someone to do the league table of how yeah. we're getting on. Someone listening, surely at this point, must have the time just to listen back to the about three quarters away of all the podcasts so far this season and just tell us what the league table is of how we've got on. Okay? Well, it's funny you say that, David, because I did that. What? <laughs> Hang on. Of course Can we just bear... I need to bear something in mind here. There was one week where Gully did it on his own. Gully only quiz is highlighted with an asterisk there. Have you, well, how have you ranked that? Because Dan, they did it between themselves and if he didn't get them all right... Dan won, and he got four out of five. So Dan has got one point. Ah, okay, there we go. Right, okay. This is oh, I'm really excited now. So can you tell us who would be in the relegation zone if it was the bottom three? Uh, Gully has 
competed in three brackets, one extra. With the, so we're saying four if we came to that as canon. And so Gully and Mez have both played in four and lost all of them. Not, not one win there. Hoops, three, not one win. So they're the bottom three then? Yeah. So who is top of the leaderboard so far? With five, five appearances and three wins, Andy and me. Oh, wow. Whoa, okay. So and, you're joint top. And then you have got five with two wins. So where am I then? Am I third? You're, well, you're, yeah, third. Yes! <laughs> Champions League spots. And then there's wins for Ben's got one, Richard's got one. So can can you just give us the full rundown? I'm sure people are fascinated by this as much <laughs> as I am. From top to bottom, give us the order. Me and Andy. Or should it be me first, alphabetical? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Andy, Stu, Dave. And then you've got a glut of people on one. Ben, Rich, the Baron, Adam and Paul. And he's one appearance. Oh, yeah. Um, and then Dan, if we're giving him that one as well. And then the ultimate losers are <laughs> Hoops, Mez, Gully and Jake. There we go. And, and Mez is so competitive, you'll hate that. I've even, I've even <laughs> got it on there. Dates, winners and competitors. Wow, look at that. We'll put that in the group uh, later on. Well, well done, Stu. I'm very proud of you. Well done. Right, let's do the quiz then. This is to decide, potentially, who take really yeah. takes top spot in the quiz. Uh, Dan's done the quiz for us. It's versus Chelsea to uh, have a go at home at WWFC Fancast on Twitter and Wolves Fancast on Facebook. Tell us how you got on. Uh, question one. Player... player blah, blah, blah. I don't know what he means by this. Uh, so, a player managed by Glenn Hoddle. Okay, I'm going to just say, I'm sure I've got this wrong. Player managed by Glenn Hoddle, Chelsea beat Wolves 1-0 in the FA Cup quarterfinal in March 1994. But of how many... He was player manager. Ah, there we go. That is just auto-corrected there. But of how many times of 76 games he managed for Wolves, how many did he draw? So, how many games did Glenn Hoddle draw when he was Wolves manager. I'm looking for exact answers, gentlemen. 8 to 76 games. 8 to 76 games. How many did he draw as Wolves manager? Uh, I'm going to go with 38. 38. 24. Return to 24. It was 34. <laughs> oh. Next question. In Wolves' first Premier League aggregate score against Chelsea was a 10-2 defeat, 5-0 at Molyneux, 5-2 at Chelsea but what was unique about both of Chelsea's wins I think it was that there were five individual scorers so I'm just going for five individual scorers what was unique about Chelsea's wins against Wolves in that season hat-tricks in both games no kind ugh. Chelsea had a striker come off the bench to score more than one goal in both games Crespo got two Hasselbank got three yeah Bit of a niche one there. Bit of a niche one. Next one. The last time Wolves beat Chelsea was in January 2011. Thanks to the own goal you just mentioned there. Ultimately leading to AVB. Oh, AVB. Uh, get in the sack. But who has a better win percentage as manager of Porto? Nuno or AVB? Ah, <laughs> oh, what a hipster AVB. Who's got a better win percentage of Porto? AVB or Nuno? I'll go for AVB. Yeah, I was going to say AVB because he's, he's going to lure us down this path. AVB. Yes, you are right. AVB, 84.8%. Nuno, 55.1%. Good. Well, this is why AVB. I'm sure, isn't he now retired to try and become a rally driver? AVB? Yeah, wasn't he doing like the 
Daytona race yeah. or something like that. Last the Paris Dakar. That was it, yeah. Uh, former Chelsea Wolves goalkeeper Dave Brad um, became the first goalie to save a penalty in an FA Cup final against which player? Former Chelsea and Wolves goalkeeper Dave Brad became the first goalie to save a penalty in an FA Cup final against which player? <laughs> I don't know who the. Never I don't know how he comes up with this. I really don't. I know I've never heard that blood. name before. <laughs> but what year? I'm going to say it's it's it. You will know the player. You will know the player. Obviously, it's not of technically our generation, but you will know of the player technically of our generation. Our generation. Letitia. Letitia is one guess. I was going to go older, like Jimmy Greaves. John Aldridge. Oh, oh right. Okay. Yeah. Liverpool. So we're still tied at the moment. Uh, in 2012, Wolves lost 6-0 in the League Cup third round away to Chelsea. But name the only non-EU player in Wolves' starting lineup that night. So 2012, 6-0 defeat in the League Cup. Remember, we made loads of changes that night uh, under Solbakken. Name the only non-EU player in Wolves' starting lineup that night. I think I know. Were you there? Yeah. Of course, of course he was there. <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was very so bad. So, Van, do you think he knows it, Andy? Put cheap pub on the King's Road as well. Amazing. What are you going to go for? London. Um, Non-EU player. Non-EU player. We're not going to talk politics. <laughs> Dead air. I know, yeah. Um, was it... Are there anyone I can think of? Um, Dumbia? Dumbia is one guess. Uh, Castile? No, it was Bakari. <sighs> he played 63 minutes that night. Oh, well. Can you believe? Castillo was season before. Yeah. He was been in the Premier League, wasn't he? Yeah, that yeah. was in the two. Was oh, oh, it was in. Uh, oh, was it first season? Oh, nine, ten? He was, Possibly. Yeah, yeah, it was the first yeah. season. Uh, I, was saying, I, I couldn't well, remember how long he was here for. I need to, well, Dan hasn't given us a tiebreaker here, so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna count this as the tiebreaker. This last question and do nearest answer or exact on. Richard Attenborough, before his passing, was supposedly a big Chelsea fan. But what year? Was and I'm putting this in the greatest film of all time, Jurassic Park released. 1993. 93. <laughs> He's saying three as well. <laughs> Damn you both! It was 93. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got to do another tiebreaker. You've got to split yourselves here, gentlemen. And we are gonna go for... these jeans. <laughs> <laughs> here we go for so on the old Twitter sphere. The man with the greatest cheekbones of all time, Nathan Judar. How many people is he following oh, on Twitter? No. Nearest answer. Don't follow me, I know that. <laughs> nearest answer wins. How many people is Nathan Judar of the Express and Star, digital sports editor? How many people is he following? Nearest answer. I've seen him a couple of times. I think he was after Wigan and he's just stood there with his hood up, got a camera in someone's face. He, I imagine it would be quite intimidating. What are we going for now? To, to to take the top spot in the, the table so far. And Stu, you do have to now update that table. Yeah. Constantly. I'll I'll do it live. Okay. Um I'll say eight hundred. Eight hundred for Stu. I will say eight hundred and one. Oh he's gone there. He's gone there. I can tell you, gentlemen, you were both way off. Who was less way off? <laughs> Andy, you'll rue the day you went one up. It was only 199. Oh, wow. 
So there we go. There's the quiz. And Stu, well done. You take the lead, take the lead in the table. the table. So it's the final part of the podcast. It's time for Twitter Corner. It's your questions and answers via the medium of Twitter at Do We Do FC Fancast on Twitter. You can submit them on email podcast at uh, wolvesfancast.com and on Facebook, Wolves Fancast. If you site, search for us there and like us, you will see. Right, gentlemen, there are some Dendonka questions. We will answer <laughs> them, of course. Firstly, Bain says, after selling Barry... Bain? D- Bain's. Uh, <laughs> not that Bain. Uh, after yeah, selling Barry... <laughs> After selling Barry Douglas, it shows that Wolves will be ruthless. Who will potentially go in January that wasn't expected? I don't think we'll lose many pl- any players, to mm. be honest, in January, purely because I don't think we've got the depth in the squad. So, no unexpected departures? Yeah, I would be more surprised if anyone went, other than, you know, the odd kid out on loan to Spain. Q Cavalero leaving mm. to Fulham. Stu, any unexpected departures? Give Bain some hope. Unless unless they're bringing people in, I don't the same reason. I don't think they would. Um, you know, I, I know Douglas went because we got we had Johnny in the wings um, or in the machine, but um, I don't think so. No. So basically, yeah. no. The, the only way I'd so, say yeah. Cavalero going is if we signed another right-footed left winger. It would just be yeah. like for like, I'd imagine. Okay, first Dendonka question. Codsel Wolves, how do you solve a problem like Dendonka? Where is he? What's he doing? Will we ever see him in a gold shirt? A bit of an odd one, isn't it, with Dendonka? Mm. He wasn't even on the bench against Cardiff when we thought this is his moment now. Does it just feel like... I mean, somebody at work said to me, he thinks it's gonna, um, Dendonka's going to turn out like Ronko, where <laughs> yeah. he'll just play randomly the last five games of the season, hey, he will be the best player we've seen in a generation does it feel like unless Nuno goes it ain't going to be Dendonka's time it doesn't, it doesn't make no sense whatsoever it doesn't feel like it's it was baffling, a uh, it? I know that Nuno I know he has the thought is he has final sound transfers it doesn't feel like it was ever a Nuno it, approved the, yeah, one the, the longer we go without seeing him in a wolf shirt the more it feels like he's not Nuno's man and obviously you don't know what goes behind the scenes he might just like him, re- might be in a falling out. I think it was in the Express and Star today that apparently he came back from the World Cup overweight and needed to work on getting back to fitness. But that was, what, four months ago yeah. now? And just seems odd. It, it, if he ain't played in any under-23 games, though, he's not going to have match fitness either. And if he come back looking like us, then <laughs> he's, he's not going to be considered... I mean, if he doesn't feature at all even on the bench against Chelsea then you've got to think well no we're, we're never going to see him and that, that's the 12 million written off straight away uh, Paul Wharton says and I think uh, Stu you'll enjoy this question we need a ball winner in midfield <laughs> who would you prefer sacrificing one of our glamorous playmakers or sticking the extra man in there would you change formation and because teams have been overrunning the midfield try and counter it or just stick to what we've got. We, it's never going to happen, so there's no point answering. Is that <laughs> he's never going to change from three four three, so it's irrelevant. <laughs> I mean, I don't. In a perfect world, it would be nice to see him be able to make that decision you, and switch it up. But you, you can't have players drilled in one formation for eighteen months and then suddenly say, "Oh no, we're going to do something else now." It doesn't make any sense. If if they'd tried two formations in pre-season. It's like on Football Manager where if you when you try your your um adaptability on plan B and if you don't do it enough times it goes down. <laughs> you think we don't we don't have a plan B, we never will have a plan B. 
So yeah, the only time we've played anything other than three four three is when we've had a player sent off. Otherwise, that's where it's always been. So Paul, no, it's another no from us, Paul. <laughs> I wish it was different, but yeah, it's a no. <laughs> uh, Chris B three Chris. Jota was my favourite player last season. Spirit and determination combined with skill. But will he cut it in the Prem? I think we've kind of hinted at this, but I think it's still a bit of an unknown with Jota, I guess. He's, so far, he's so far. on his time, though, isn't he? He's yeah. still a young lad. That's, a, that's the thing with a lot of them. Uh, they are very young. Mm-hmm. Um, if, they were, if these players were English, they wouldn't even be playing. Like Loftus-Cheek. Yeah. Case in point, yeah, they, just, they wouldn't be featuring whatsoever. So you are still saying they're young, but from what we've seen so far, then no. It's the Huckabee zone for him. <laughs> uh, Zach Holloway says, and we touched on it earlier on the show, is it now an acceptable time to panic? Nope. No. Grow up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another question from Andy Matthews. Another one for Stu. How many points are we going to get in December? Andy reckons <laughs> eight. <laughs> that, that, that's good on my logic from a few weeks ago. Um <sighs> The thing is, we could have been hit by the old Wolves November curse and not known, and everything would absolutely be, be back to normal again on Wednesday night. So that's the dream, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you've got to think we get at least three. Uh, we've, the, got, we've, got get, we've got to get a win from somewhere. Yeah, absolute sort of. bare minimum, you got to think we get three points. How uh, many uh, games have we got in December? Uh, is it Ch- Chelsea, six? Bournemouth, Newcastle, Fulham, Spurs, Liverpool, Liverpool. So. Six games. Six games. If you only get three points in, then you can say, yeah, okay, panic stations. But <laughs> you got uh, ten. I'd say ten out of there. I'd still say. So I'd still say ten because you're, you're being overconfident. I'm not being overconfident. I'm just saying it's not. <laughs> it can't carry on being this bad. From points, That's hope. Mm, I just, really I just, hope. I don't. I really don't see carrying on being results-wise this bad. I just don't. Andy. Are you going to dare give a points prediction for December? So how many games is that? There's one... Six games. Six games. Six so, games. <laughs> someone do the maths quick. <laughs> three against the the top six teams, and then we've got three against the rest of the league. Eight points, I think, actually wouldn't be a bad shout. It's an achievable mm. mountain. I'd be pleased with eight. I'd be fucking delighted with eight <laughs> points on the current run, to be fair. Uh, Twelve okay. points. <laughs> <laughs> It's when we bounce back. Do you feel that we've fucked this up every time we've asked this question, <laughs> haven't we? We're going to get in the Christmas spirit. That's what's going to happen. We're getting the Christmas spirit. Stu's already in the Christmas hammered. spirit. Yeah. We're going to get in that spirit. And that is where we're going to leave the podcast, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, thanks to our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. You can follow us all week on social media for your lols and trolls. Just type in Wolves Fancast and you will find us there. And if you've got iTunes, subscribe. Uh, give us a five star review if you like what we do. Helps us up the charts as well. Uh, we're not going to do a pr- uh, post game one for Chelsea uh, unless Wolves pull off a spectacular result then maybe we'll consider it but otherwise we'll be back next week post Newcastle to dissect that when of course Wolves have got back to back victories and we're we're going to say what crisis if if we win both them games I'm going to sit here we know top on for the whole podcast don't win Wolves (laughs) don't win it's so hot in this room (laughs) look I like warm rooms are you drawing off the paint that you got from Pixel Gitty Media yeah this is why we're all canvassing here this week because <laughs> we're doing all decorating this weekend. Uh, but yeah, fingers crossed. Come on, we can do it, Wolves.
sound like yes. a man, middle-aged man. <laughs> you're, like you're, you're shaking your fist at no, yeah. no, no one whatsoever. Uh, thank you very much for listening, everybody, for this week. <laughs> it's bye from Andy. See ya. Bye from Stu. Adios. Bye from B. See you next time. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.